Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 51. In this episode, we'll be talking about our 11th card, the Rare Cyborg. We will break down Lantern Ring teams for you, and we wrap it all up with a discussion on... How to get over that blame game when you start losing games. So let's kick it all off with the Rare Cyborg. Okay, guys, we are here with Dr. J. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. Um, it is time for our 11th card. So this is the card that if we had an extra spot on our Dice Masters team, we'd just throw in. Yeah. Um, and this one is... At, this, okay, so you're going to hear me like hate on this card, but it's actually a really, really good card. I just... Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had a bad experience with yeah, it. Yeah. So it's the uh, rare cyborg from Green Arrow Flash. It's cyborg um, technus imperative, and his ability is cyborg character die dice may block one extra character die. So that's already good, right? Yep. And then they had to add this extra spot right here. Cyborg takes no more than two damage from each non crossover character dice he blocks. He also has a global pay zero once per once per turn on your turn. Spin one of your character sidekick dice to the side to the shield face. Yeah, this is such a good card. I mean, stacked with all kinds of good yeah. stuff. I mean, first you've got he's a double blocker. That's a good ability. Yeah. Maybe not for a five cost, but that's a good ability all around. Next, he takes no more than two damage from non-crossover character dice. That's almost every die in the game. Yeah, There's and, and a handful, maybe 20 cards in the game that are crossover characters. And on top of that, he's got the global, and that just puts him up over the top for me. Yeah, and you, the I mean... What's what's great about him is he's also a Teen Titan. Um, I forgot to mention. That. Oh my so, goodness! Yeah. So if you've heard our episode about the rare Raven from Moral Light, I mean, this this one's almost a no-brainer. Put in a Team Titan team right Absolutely, now. Yep. I've played against him with Russ, and boy, he just he is so rough yeah. to play with. So the the part the part that it, that always gets me about this card is because. I think everybody around around here knows I like Overcrush. Yeah. I like doing Overcrush. So the reason why I hate this card, and you can go watch this, <laughs> this disappointment live on our Facebook page if you want, facebook.com forward slash doubleverse, is we were at a Green Arrow flash draft. It was the final match. You and me, right? Yep. I had the King Shark Overcrush combo. With Hal Jordan. Uh, with Hal Jordan, because Hal Jordan's my man. Mm -hmm. um, but then you get this. I had I, I had you down to like single digits almost. It was like, like three life. You had me at like three <laughs> yeah. life. You had like two king sharks purchased, and I was just gonna be done. And then I got this one die yeah. out. You get this die out. You just block both of them. I can't do any overcrush damage. He takes four damage. He's got like a five or six. He had a five or six defense and nothing. Yeah. It's like, well, that's it. Your King Shark is completely neutered. Yeah. You can't get through. From there, I think it just turned into a numbers game on who could get more characters out of the field. I think you had a third King Shark, and you bought a third King Shark, and I ended up buying a second Cyborg or something yeah. like that, and then it was over. There was no way you'd get through. And then I think you had the the cosmic treadmill and you were going to oh, ping yeah. me to death you were going to ping me to death and somehow i got enough to swing in and hit you for all of your life and i ended up winning but it was like oh it, well, was, it was down it was to the a, wire it was an yeah, intense it, game that match but um, that cyborg saved me, uh, my bacon i mean he is so good not just against overcrush but against any heavy hitters um but like particularly overcrush gorilla grod teams suffer so much when you're playing against mm -hmm. if you see someone that has a gorilla grod and you've got a cyborg you used to just buy those up you get two or three of those in the field that's it they're yeah. done you could block six characters if you have three of them out and 
it seems like he's hard to buy because he's a five, but he has that energy fixer on him, which makes him able to purchase himself. You just turn a sidekick to a shield and then you buy him, for, you know, after you roll your four sidekicks. So he's not hard to buy. Um, yeah. Because he's got the built-in global. So so we, we now know that he's, a, you know, he's a, he, why he's a pretty good card. Why is he the 11th card though? Why wouldn't you just slot him on to, to a main team? I think the biggest reason is that he's a shield character. That's his biggest weakness. That and his attack stats are two, three, and four. Yeah. So they're not, you're not going to be hitting home with it. Yeah. His <laughs> attack stats are fairly weak. His defense stats actually aren't that great for a five cost yeah, character. It's four, five, six. Four, five, six. So they're like, eh. So they're, they're decent defense stats, but not that great. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's okay. And like, it doesn't really matter because of his ability, right? Cause yeah. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> two damage most. So, great. so being a shield. Lots of people don't build shield teams. You know, every once in a while they'll put a couple shield characters on them, but I think shields are, are the most underrepresented energy types in the game for the most part, especially now that the Bard is out of modern. No Bard and no rare Umber Hulk. Oh, You're man. not going to see I love that the shields quite as much. I know, yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he, he could slot into several of my teams. Um I just I don't know why I haven't put him on my team to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I mean, we say he's an eleventh card, he could easily be one of the tenth yeah, cards. But but you still kinda have to build for him, right? And sometimes yeah. it's between do I want that that um cyborg or do I want that other card that probably is gonna help push your team over the edge to win your matches, right? Yeah. And lots of times, I mean, if you want an energy fixer, you'll go with one of the other ones because they're more commonly used energy types. Uh, so again, it's just him being a shield. I think is the biggest issue. Also, we lost you know some important shield globals like Resurrection and uh, some other ones. And so we still have transfer power. We do still have Zach, transfer Zach power. Zach still enjoys that. Still That's enjoys right. the transfer power. That's right. I think Zach. I I see him play this more than anything because he he likes to slot a couple of energy fixers on his team, <laughs> yeah. and this is just a good one. Um, but yeah, it's solid. It's such a good defensive card and I, that's another reason i think that he's not played very much is he's a defensive card he's not an offensive mm-hmm. card and sometimes i really struggle putting defensive cards on my team because yeah, be, because i mean you can have good defense but if you don't try to get that 20 to zero it's it's yeah. you're going to be there for the long run and yeah most def- mo- really good defensive cards you can turn them into weapons at some point like killer frost she's a good defensive card she stops people from wanting to attack but I can attack with her, force block, and use her as a weapon. Cyborg, he's just a defensive Yeah, because if you try to attack, your opponent's going like, yeah, I'll let it through. Get, <laughs> I'll that, let it through. get that out of my yeah, way. <laughs> exactly. So you have to buy like three or four of them before you can start attacking with them. And then like you can't really use like the Kal-El flip the attack and defense because this defense really isn't worth flipping for the most part. So, Cause, And you're only going to get it once, and then you're yeah. going to have to wait for him to cycle. And he's fairly expensive to field, I think. Yeah, he's a one-one-two. Yeah. So you know, especially then, you know, based on our last episode, we talked about kind of the lack of ramp and churn. Now, you're going to run into that problem, right? You're yeah. spending that one energy, and what are you going to do with your two extra energy you have yeah. instead of doing your three-five type thing, right? But when it comes to countering an aggro team that's not direct damage, there very there's nothing better than cyborg. If would, it's overcrush, would, would, would you say this is better than uh, Black Widow that can just block two characters? They can just block two yeah. characters? Yeah, without any of the extra stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> better than that. This is better than any any other card that can block two characters. <laughs> this is better than that. 
it's better than all those. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to pour some gasoline on Russell. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I, I think it is great car, especially for those over Christian, because I think that's going to be a meta archetype that you'll see is over crush teams with gorilla grod king shark um and you know even because we still have basic actions that can give over crush too also yeah like we said he's so versatile i mean even if you're not running a de- defensive team he's still got the energy fixer so he's going to be useful every single game not just when that overcrush character comes out it's just the bonus when you play against someone with an overcrush character well now you can buy him as well he's going to help your team period if he's on it mm-hmm. um and so what would be a reason why you wouldn't like um so what, what so outside of a teen titan team what kind of team do you kind of see this fitting in in terms of ideal situations um that's a really good question i mean obviously he shines on a teen titans team yeah. but if you're running some kind of mono shield team if you're running a team and you've got a star labs global is a really good way to get that shield um and you can continually use it put the sidekick back in the field get a little ramp anytime you have shield globals yeah like pair him with a rip hunter yeah any energy fixer anytime you have a that kind of a global that is kind of important to your team you want him if you're running something that deals heavily with transfer power then absolutely you want him on your team because you need to get that shield um anytime that your win condition is a shield character you don't want to whiff a roll not get a shield and not be able to purchase that character when you have enough energy so again he's good there if you have um like a deathlock win condition six cost shield and you need the shield he's going to get it for you so those are the kind of teams where he'd really Mm -hmm. shine all right, sweet. So we want to hear from you guys. How do you feel about this rare cyborg? Have you used it on team, or have you kind of fall, fall, have it fall into this 11th card team where you're like, eh, it'd be nice, but I just can't quite justify the character spot. Let us know. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata, or yeah, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Dr. J, thank you so much. We'll have you coming back for our roundtable, which I, I, this is an exciting one, is how to get past blaming things in this game <laughs> and not get to the playing the actual It's game. everyone's fault but mine. Okay, guys, I am here with Ken Pohl. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good. Um, so, again, we're doing the breakdown, uh, the breakdown, which is our kind of segment where we take meta teams or meta cards and essentially break, you, break it down, tell you how they work, yeah. how to play them, and how to play against them. Um, in terms of competitive meta play. Um, This time, this is going to be probably a a big one because we will be talking about the rare lantern ring, the lantern ring from uh, War of Light. Light. And a lot of times people shorten it to ring team. Um, But essentially how the rare lantern ring works is the actual text, if I can write it down. Um, Rush. If I can type, okay. Um, well, essentially, it. Because I don't <laughs> Here, know, why, I don't know me, why it's coming let up. Let me pull it up for um, you. So essentially, what it is is for it's a continuing action die. So while active, when your characters attack, they deal one damage to target player for each energy symbol in your reserve pool that matches their type. Um, so you could so you could make a mask ring uh, ring team, a bolt shield fist ring team yeah you, all been made. you yeah. kind of want to build it around one or possibly even two energy types uh with with crossover characters it kind of opens up some options um but focusing on one is helpful focus um, focusing on one has proved to be a 
extremely effective. Uh, personally, I've done my best in bigger tournaments with a bolt-focused lantern yeah. ring team. And, and, and for people who are wondering, that is in golden or yeah, like, that it's it, always golden, been golden, golden age, golden, golden age format, because you had um, Iceman to yeah, the words. Iceman, Iceman Global uh, with his, you pay a bolt and spin, and like all of your any of your sidekicks to their bolt face, and if they were active, you could you just bring them into your reserve pool. So basically, everything, all of your sidekicks that were either in the field or in your reserve pool could become bolts. And then everyone that you attack with could have as much as eight damage coming from the ring. And you have a lot of cheap bolt characters like oh, yeah. the rare shield agent. The rare, um, yeah, the rare shield agent. Um, there's a, a two-cost rocket raccoon that's really good. Miri Riem is a great one to use with it, even if you're uh, even if you're using a different energy. Yeah, she can pull up, that yeah, good. she can pull up those cheap characters. Um, but in terms of modern, I think the top two that we'll probably see with top probably being a mask ring team. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, mask ring teams, even in golden, yeah, uh, we're, we're pretty it's, powerful. It's hard to say between mask and bolt, which one was better. Um, I always liked bolt. It, 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 it tend to lean a little more aggressive play, uh, where the mask, is ring it, team tends to be I mean it's still a very aggressive and strong build that can that can uh, finish the game really fast but it, they tend to incorporate more control elements mm-hmm. and and so and I would say probably the reason why mask is probably t- a little bit stronger in modern than than bolt ring teams is because of that super rare multiple man right yeah Where well f- between super rare multiple man being a thing now and the loss of PXG and the loss of Iceman. Mm-hmm. Uh, without Iceman to create bolts and PXG to make sure you have every single yeah, sidekick, all your energy, um, it gets a lot harder to make anything as consistent. So you're looking at other ways to get that energy into the field or into the reserve pool, rather. And a swarming multiple man is just the best way to net you the potential of ten masks yeah. on any given turn plus four other dice. Yeah, and it's not just being able to get all that mask energy. It is just the support characters that it's available right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, and, we, and we, mask we, has great, great support uh, characters. Yeah, like it. one of the biggest ones, I think, is what we talked about on our last breakdown was that rare raven yeah. that makes oh, yeah. none of your mask characters targetable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rare raven is, is uh, a really good one to include. There's oracles that... I mean, depending on your meta. Yeah, whatever you, whatever global, you want to suppress, there's a raven yeah, to suppress if, it. If you, an oracle to suppress <laughs> or it. Or oracle, yeah. yeah oracle. If you've got uh, a global heavy meta, there's an oracle for that. If it's about fielding, there's an oracle for that. I mean, there's, the oracle is a great control piece to include on any mask-focused team. Um, and then on top of that, you also have Ronin, which is going to help mitigate if your opponent's playing more yeah. of a, a aggro or a, a attack style where he can absorb the damage. Yeah, so. that'll that'll help take uh, in some of the damage. Um, and then I think one of the most powerful pieces that you can have on a mask team, too, because part of the problem is with a lantern ring team is you have to attack, right, for it to, to go yeah. through. Well, if you have the basic action blink transmutation, the global is you pay a mask to pull a character from the attack zone back to your field. Yep. So that's going to help mitigate your opponent just yeah, like, all so, right, I'll. So the timing of when the, the rare lantern ring deals its damage is when it, when 
the characters are assigned to attack. So assigned to attack, deal a little or a lot of damage, and then you can use those masks that are sitting in your reserve pool now to blink, transmute uh, the the global on drink, blink transmutation and bring them back so that you can do it again. You don't lose anything out of your field if you weren't able to do that one-shot kill, which with a ring team, you can do a lot of one-shot yeah. kills. Uh, uh, but if you can't do it, that blink transmutation global works really, really well. Yeah, and, and this is the problem with that mask ring teams. There's so many good cards. I mean, because we haven't even mentioned the common elf thief. Uh, that, yeah. That, that, a lot, that, you know, when you feel that you can steal an energy from your opponent. So say your opponent does bring a counter to your to your ring team and it requires an energy to pay when you attack, you use the elf thief, steal that energy, and they've just lost that option. Yep. Um, and so that's why... There's, I mean, there's tons and tons of cards that I don't think we could mention all of them. No, I mean, really, it's it's harder to find a card that doesn't work well on a ring team. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, there most of there's a role for just about everything. Yep. So, um, so we've kind of talked about the mask ring team, which is what I th- I think we think is one of the top two. So, how about the bolt ring in in modern? What are some of those cards that you you may be in modern? Uh, there's definitely still Mary Riem who is still great um, with her her text says that when you field, field her, her. Um, you move a character die from your use pile with the purchase cost less than or equal to the number of different lantern colors you control on the field at level one well and the lantern ring counts as a green lantern color mm-hmm. so and Mary counts as a um, indigo or a violet. Yeah. Uh, so there's two there. So any two cost characters that you have in your used pile, you can field at level one. So uh, there's a there's a really good rocket in uh, I think it's in Civil War. Uh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. Right here, it's a two cost bolt, and when ro- Rocket Raccoon attacks, deal one damage to each player. So that's already an automatic plus one yep, to your. So ring there, there's another one. Um, Let's see what uh, what are the really the foot ninjas? Yeah, the foot ninjas. Foot ninjas are really good. And either, depending and depending on what you want to pick, they could even be pretty. Yeah, in terms I mean of either either swarming or you know maybe throwing overcrush as a secondary thought or something like that. Like there's a lot of options with the foot ninjas. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about this one. The when two or more foot ninjas dice you can you control attack at once deal damage to target opponent equal to the number of attacking foot ninjas yeah that's a potential more, plus three yeah more more compounding the uh the direct damage there's a there's a lot of direct damage with bolts i mean uh there's well let's see in, in justice league i guess so in golden age there was also cheetah who kind of added that little extra piece um in the modern there's what is it? Is it the Firestorm from Green Arrow Flash? That, uh, yeah. That can uh, deal... I mean, he it, it'll only deal one extra damage if you're running a solid bolt team, but if you mix it up at all, he can add more damage. Yeah, up to four damage per Firestorm. Yeah, and, and with, uh, with things like Hal Jordan from the Green Arrow Flash set a bolt and mask team becomes a lot more viable. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I feel like, okay, so we, we've kind of talked about what we can put on a team and if we want to play those teams because the whole idea is essentially get the ring out and get as much as energy of whatever type you want yeah. to, to play in your reserve pool. Um, and then if, and depending on what you want, you can use those yeah. energies I mean, later for the globals. Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of the basic framework is uh, 
you know, pick an energy. Maybe two. I haven't really tried with two myself, so mm. I don't know. Let us know if, if you guys be, have tried. If it could be, if it could be really, really good, but I see a lot of potential because your your crossover characters are going to work for each of the different energies. So where a bolt character, if you've got a bolt and a mask in your reserve pool, and you've got a bolt character, he's going to do one damage. A mask character is going to do one damage, but a mask and bolt character crossover is going to do two damage off of that. Yeah, if you, if you have the energy. So you, for those times you don't have the ideal roll or you can't yeah. get them all to the same energy, you still could take advantage of that. So um, so the the framework there is you, you've got your, your ring and then low-cost characters of that, whichever energy type it is, so that you can kind of flood the field and get that energy that matches them into your reserve pool attack ideally as quickly as you can and do just a ton of direct damage you're not looking to to flood for combat damage or overcrush or to get around walls or anything like that necessarily i mean sometimes that last little push is something that you yep. need but the ideal is the, to the, the bulk the, of it will be from the direct damage from yeah the in the assign attacker's step is where you want to win yep um, so we've kind of talked about how to play it. How do you defend against something like this? You need something to absorb direct damage. To um, in uh, in Golden Age, there was the Captain America from Age of Ultron that was just a nightmare to deal with. Um, yeah, because he was the super soldier, um, and yeah. so while active, prevent all but one damage to you from any action or character abilities. Yeah. So that, yeah, you save eight energy. Guess what? It's still only one yeah. to, to Un- your opponent. Unfortunately, that is rotating out. And in uh, in modern age, I think I one like of them that like maybe see some view, but it's a little expensive. So it's a the super rare Lex Luthor from World's Finest. He's a five cost, and I think that's where the drawback mm-hmm. is a little bit. But he, his ability is while Lex Luthor is active, non-combat damage that would reduce you to zero life or less instead reduces you to one life. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it will keep you from dying, but yeah. if you don't have enough blockers, you're still going to lose because you're down to one life now. Yeah. Um, there's some good options with different golems that allow you to redirect from you to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronin will take care of one one for you. Uh, unfortunately, in in modern age, it seems like there's a lot of things that will just take care of one, which I think that the ring teams are going. Like, they don't have the Professor X Global, and and Bolts especially don't have Iceman to make all of the sidekicks be a Bolt to fuel that. But there seems to be a lot less options to defend the Bolt team in modern age. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another one that sort of kind of tops off. It's another super. It's Steve Rogers, Iron Man or Earth of, uh, what is that, 10208, um, where he says, when, when, while active, whenever you would take damage, you may redirect up to two of that damage from each source to Steve Rogers. So I... I could see this possibly working, especially with the limited amount of energy that you can get per turn now. Yeah. Um, being that we haven't had any big modern tournaments, I I can, you know, I, I would bet my bottom dollar that you'll see some ring teams at 
modern tournaments. But we haven't seen any modern tournaments at the higher level where people need to be worried yeah. about uh, dealing with a ring team. So there might be answers that we just haven't quite yeah. thought of yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, I see that you pulled up Mira. Mira. Mira's Global is another. Yeah, where you pay a mask if a character would deal you five or more combat damage. Ooh, that's only combat damage. Yeah, ooh, yeah, I just realized that. So that's not Not, a good one. Don't use Mira. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there's a a lot of... Yeah, we've kind of talked about damage reduction or redirection, uh, but the other way is to get that pesky ring out of the field. Yeah, Uh, Uh, if you can eliminate their action dice, I know that there's, there's a Bleeds, there's... Um, can't remember. There's is there a gnome ranger that can take out an action die too, or possibly I think. Possibly. Um, so those those are kind of the ones that you want to think of um, in terms of taking out. Uh, oh nope, that's not the gnome ranger. Um, <laughs> there's so yeah. that, that's a, that's the other thing is there's a not in modern. There's a little bit of action hate. Yeah, but not a lot of it right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, in modern, right, what I've seen so far, there's not a lot of good options for anti lantern ring. Um, the bleeds, where when you feel there, you can uh, get get rid of an action die. That's a really good one. I suspect that in Batman we'll see some more things that I know that we've seen some things that deal with action dice um i suspect that there will be some things that'll help to get rid of that action die but i don't know how strong they will be mm-hmm. i haven't seen anything that jumps out at me and i go "Ooh, that's a ring killer just yet and i'm trying to remember i thought there was a one that keeps um well okay so this may Possibly is a Dormammu. Is, while Dormammu is active, your opponents with three or more active characters may not use action dice. So if they waited to get the lantern ring, yeah. this could possibly be a way to keep them from activating. Yeah, they, they won't be able to use it. Unfortunately, it's a, it's a continuous action die, so it is used when it's put in the field. If you coupled that Dormammu, which is kind of expensive, with a Blease or something like that to get rid of an action die, you could potentially lock your opponent out of it. Mm-hmm. But that comes down to a lot of timing, right? You got to let them get a few things in their field. You've got to be ready to keep those things in their field, you know, if they attack or whatever with them. And uh, you've got to get that Dormammu out there. Yeah. Um, and then there's other ways. Uh, I mean, I think the last way that we've kind of seen this used is because we're doing a lot of low cost characters, right? And a lot of low cost characters tend to have a lower attack. Um, so. And Russ is going to hate us that we mentioned this. Um, but there is a OP Scarecrow, Legion of Doom, and his abilities while Scarecrow is active, you can't be attacked by characters with an attack of two or less. So this is a possible way to kind of stave off your opponent until you can get your win yeah. condition on the field. And um, this one this one runs off of the War of Light yeah. guy, right? Um, yes. So that, um, so it should, it should be modern legal. Yeah. Um, um, so th- those are kind of, I think, some of the ways that you can combat it. Um, and hopefully yeah. we'll see a lot more answers to some of it. Because more and more we're seeing action die being more important in this game. Yeah, yeah. There, there seems to be, uh, WizKid seems to be focusing a bit more on action dice in general and giving them strong powers. I expect that they will balance that with some more anti-action dice in coming sets. 
Mm-hmm. So let us know. How, how do you guys feel? Did we miss something about ring teams? Because I, I, I'm not going to lie. Both Russ and I, we don't have that much experience in shield and fist ring teams. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've played my fair share of mask ring teams, and you've played your fair share of yeah, ring I've, teams. I could, t- I could tell you how to run a bolt ring team all day and how to build one and, you know, why you know, choose this over that and kind of what if the game goes long. I could I could go on and on with bolt ring teams because I've played them a lot. Um, I've seen fist ring teams work to a lesser degree. There's, uh, you know, there there's some old swarmers. You know, the one cost kobold mm-hmm. with a, a, a fist ring team could be really strong, but that's not modern. Um, I know that I've also seen quite a few uh, sit across from someone and go, oh, man, my ring isn't going to work. But that mostly comes down to cards that are being rotated out. Yeah. Um, With how new modern is, it's kind of hard to say exactly where the good defense against ring is. Mm Mm-hmm. And and we'll we'll update once once you know if we hear from oh somebody yeah else yeah when now, so when we see something that can you know I think we all expect that ring probably mask ring will be you know one of the top yeah, three of, yeah. meta teams. Um, so when something is big on the meta and people start focusing on fighting it. As we get that information on how to fight it, we will absolutely share it with everyone yep. as as quickly as we can. Yep. So yeah, like I said, if you if we missed anything or you have any questions, let us know. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Ken, thank you so much. We will have you back in a second to talk about how to get over that hump when you're just losing and you're just blaming everything. I think it's gonna be a good segment. Okay, guys, we are here with the full crew. We have Dr. J, we have Ken, and we have Russ um, for another wonderful roundtable. This is a good one that I, I think all of us fall into this trap is we'll you know, maybe go on a bad run of games or just have a bad game, and then you end up like, oh, my rolls are... I mean, I know I do it a lot, but I try to do it more jokingly now just because it's hysterical how yeah, I roll yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're like, oh, oh the, bl- you know, the dice weren't rolling or I put together a bad team and stuff or or i just suck i tell myself that a lot but um <laughs> but so i wanted to talk to you guys how do you get past that hump where you're just like trying to place blame and refocus and kind of get yourself put together so you can actually play a, a solid dice masters game without just getting angry on turn one because oh, i rolled a sidekick you just blame russ uh, so <laughs> i don't know if you guys remember me when i just started the game it took me about four <laughs> or five months to be okay with losing and i would get pretty pretty upset and i just had to stop taking it serious so that would be my first that that'd probably have to be my first regardless of what's happening it is just a game so i I probably should tell you that you probably spewed over that over the rest of us because all of us i think it got to the point where we just we thought it was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i think that that was that was always the the cool part about the beginning of the next week's whatever event was hearing you talk about (laughs) what you should have done last week because those losses always stayed with you (laughs) to this this day he'll be like a game from like a year and a half two years ago where he was like if i had just done this i would have won the whole stinking thing it's like how do you even remember that five minutes after my game is over like i've pretty much forgot what the board looked like everything i just remember did i win or did i lose 
But yeah. yeah, even sometimes like I played Dice Masters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've been driving home from events at times and been like. That game in round two, <laughs> I made a mistake. I should have done this instead. I wonder yeah. how the game would have gone. Oh, so. man. That's I funny. think that a big part of the you know, kind of playing the blame game of where, why is this happening and, you know, wh- however you're interpreting things. Um, on the day, it's important to be able to just let it go. You know, start each game fresh and let it happen you know whatever it is because yeah. i've come um, to accept that all of you have magnets in your dice and that's how you get all the rolls you need yeah um <laughs> duh <laughs> but if if you find yourself and i know i've been there where i've played for weeks on end and felt like i cannot get a single roll the way that i want it to save my life i don't know what it is i just can't do it um it's important to Make sure that you can still have fun with the game. Yeah, you know, like it if, to go if for it's a streak starting, when that happens. Yeah. I mean, like I'll if go on a two-week streak that just is terrible. Yeah, if it's starting to hurt your enjoyment of the game, step away. Yeah. Do something else. Don't bring. You know, like the last thing you want to do is be three or four weeks into what you feel is a streak of bad rolls and start game one just going. I'm not going to roll anyways. I don't, it doesn't matter. You can go first. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like the last thing you want to do is bring that negative attitude and start with that. If you, if it gets there, sometimes that's somewhat unavoidable. It's, yeah. Especially if you're on your third week of not being able to roll. And in game three, you're just going, I, I haven't, I haven't rolled yet. Like wh- why did I even show up? I, I haven't rolled. I didn't roll a game this week. I didn't roll a game last week. I didn't roll a game the week before. Um, but if you're starting the, the tournament, if you're starting the event, with that attitude, like you should probably be rethinking showing up. Yeah. I am almost convinced that the dice rolls are correlated to your attitude when you're playing the game. So these are mood dice? Yeah, <laughs> almost like almost like mood <laughs> dice. You know, if you if you if you have a really bad first game and you're just like steaming over it, then it feels like your dice roll worse. And I think a part of that is once you're in your own head, you start making mistakes and you stop seeing your options when you roll Mm -hmm. and that can that can totally cascade and snowball out of control like i've played against i've played games probably against all of you where i've seen you know things are going good for me and not so good for you and then i see you make a mistake and i'm not going to point it out in the middle of the game but i'm like oh if you had just done that he would have he would have he would have been able to do this or if he'd done that he would have been able to do this and i'm like so sometimes you'll blame the dice you'll be like the dice just didn't roll for me Part of that might be that you're just not seeing it. That you need to kind of cool down. You need to, you know, take a take a breath. Yeah, reset. Take that extra second. Yeah, yeah, yeah reset. And that's why that's why I love big tournaments. That's why I like because if you lose one of your first, you know, games, your games in Swiss, there's still a chance you can make it. So it's not worth giving up, and you can go back into the next game refreshed, yeah. re-energized, ready to go again. That's that's kind of also the like know the depth of your team. If yeah. If you roll and you look at it and you go, man, I just whiffed that roll. I'm just not hitting my rolls at all. But I look at your team and I go, well, you could have done that. You could have done that. Or you could have done that. You don't know the depth of your team. And yeah. you're too like you're too focused on that. Turn one, I do this. Turn two, I do that. Turn three, I do this other thing. And if you're too locked into that, 
there's times where it's just not going to yeah. work no matter like every hot streak will end every cold streak will end and there will be a day that the dice don't roll exactly what you want on turn one so you can't do that and then turn two you're going to be off to do this and then turn three you're not even going to be anywhere close to doing that other thing yeah i think probably a good 50 percent of the games that i win are won before i show up to the event and it's because i know my team I've practiced with my team. I've thought about what I do in certain situations. I understand what my options are when something doesn't go my way. And that is a huge part of winning a game. You know, if you if you have your mindset on one path to victory and you don't get the role you need, then I mean, it's it, gonna, you're going to run into problems. It depends on what kind of event because some of us yeah. are more worried about actually maybe triggering a combo or something than actually winning no oh. so the no loss no 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 that, no, no. that doesn't the, happen so this is russ what, is completely <laughs> focused on both he wants he wants to win <laughs> yes. and he gets really mad when he doesn't he win. wants to only win yes. this way though but he, he only wants to win, win that one way he needs to this win is exactly. true. <laughs> so, so if, I'm a, if i'm in a losing streak actually not necessarily losing but if my dice are bad uh there's a few things that i do i've done it once where I need to bring some humor into it. So my life counter was the salt shaker. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was yeah, the greatest thing ever. Because I was pretty salty for a while. And then the other thing is I'll put together a team that uh, I know most likely is not going to win. That's just going to be fun. And I, I want to play something fun. Uh, I tend to break out the heroic team on that type of stuff where I just want to <laughs> do something completely yeah, different do that or all black lanterns yeah. like ha- do except for fun. black lanterns is amazing it's not Kyle it can not be black. <laughs> <laughs> it is when you put a sharpie on it <laughs> um, um, but no i so and then one of the other things is that um i, I think is important is get to know your friends in your community because i will not lie to you sometimes i'll hit these like dance parts where i can't win a match for the life of me but I'm, I'm thinking, eh, do I really want to go and get my face finished? But then I'm like, well, but at least I get to hang out with these guys and have some fun. So, yeah. at, you know, having some friends at these events is all is another important thing because sometimes I'll just come like, yeah, I don't expect this team to win, but I, I just like hanging out with you guys. And yeah. that will actually get me out of that hump, too. It's yeah. also it's also important to know who know the people you're playing, because like when I play against Zach, for instance, I get really, really frustrated mostly because he always smashes my face in every single time. And it's like there's nothing I can do against it. And so I'll get really upset, and I'm like, okay, these guys know I'm not, like, dead serious. Like, I'm so mad I want to throw my stuff against the wall. I've, I've because I tend to be, like, the most foul-mouthed person around. Uh, there's been You're an angel, where, man. There's been times where I'm <laughs> playing against someone. podcast. You're an angel. There's been times where I'm playing against someone that I don't necessarily know that well. But it's like... I know the other five people at the event. It's just I, I happen to be playing against the one person that doesn't know me that well, and I'll be like, rage. <laughs> that, like, I'm joking. Like, I'm play- like, I've, there's been times where I get upset about the game, and I generally I go quiet. Yeah. If I'm really mad, I'm not saying a word. If I'm being <laughs> loud and boisterous and raw, I'm just sort of blowing off steam and having fun with it. Uh, there's been times where I sort of look across the table from me, and I go, oh, this person might be like, getting frightened <laughs> thinking that i'm yeah, like about to right. hulk out on them yeah. and flip the I, I, table I, I, or something I, I, I think i've done that a couple times too because i'll like start making random noises and like the one thing i do a lot is when i'm just like not rolling well i'm just and like i, I feel like if you guys know that i'm just like that that's just me you know 
just making the best of the situation. Yeah. But sometimes I'll play a new player, and they're probably like, "Oh, this guy's I'm, I'm scared." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. When when I start like flipping off dice, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, like growling or whatever, like I there's been times where I have to kind of go, "Oh." But like it's fine. Like yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not about to have a breakdown or anything like that. Everyone lose, is fine. I lose games all the time. I mean, yeah. you just got to deal with it. It's an interesting game in that way that a roll. Like I love gambling in games, especially casual, where it's like, if I roll, I win. If I don't, I die. And it's just <laughs> like this is gonna happen, and there's not much you can do about it. There's definitely yeah. that fun side to it. Uh, I I tend to get more. Uh, angry if I if I practice a lot. So uh, one of the WKOs, the one where I was in the finals, I lost the first couple games in my first kind of controlled by death team that I've talked about. Oh yeah, and I was I was seriously gonna lose my mind. I had to go for a walk because I had yeah, I, I knew that, that. Team. that that was a bad day, bad start to yeah. the day for you. Yeah, and then I mean when it came down to it, the two. Actually, the first three games I lost were all to people that made the top eight or four. And then I ended up coming back and and making the finals. But it was a matter of just taking a walk, cooling off. And you compare that. This is why I really enjoyed the WKO last time is I had kind of a You got a love song team, team man. <laughs> a different team that I knew, you know, if things worked right, I could do okay. And I still think I could have. But... I had a game where I first turn against a bar team. I couldn't purchase anything. Literally, I couldn't even purchase constantly. <laughs> yeah, wow. So I was like, eh, it's a well, good thing I am not in the same <laughs> actually, that I was before. I've actually found that in the bigger tournaments, my best performances are when I show up sort of going, we'll see how this works. Yeah. You know, like if I show up kind of without being too dead set on, I'm going to do great. I'm going to win. Um, you know, I, I really, really hope that I do good. You know, if I'm kind of like, eh, we'll show up and have fun. We'll see how I do. And I, I think that the team's good enough to, to win if I get the rolls. But who knows? Like, maybe maybe this team sucks. The, yeah. Those seem to be the tournaments that I end up doing my best. The, the coach in me, and this is probably why I brew so much and I message you guys so much, is that I'll always blame myself. And that's how I I got to figure out what I've got to do, whether it's my team or whatever, it comes down to me. So that's why while I'm driving away, I'm trying to figure things out that I've done. I'm trying to figure out moves that I've done. And even in-game, and this is this is what causes me a problem where I take long in games, we make jokes about that, is sometimes my mind will go back a few moves and been like, well, if I would have done this, you know. So it's, I'm always... That's why I get salt. I'm working to improve. So I, I beat yeah. myself up way more than I need to. It's gotten better over the years. But, man, when I first started this game, I was so competitive. Yeah. It was probably not healthy for me. I think if, I think if uh, <laughs> we, we do blood pressure <laughs> readings from that, from then and now. We, well, I feel like back in the early days of rust playing, you could do a blood pressure reading on him from across the room. You could see every vein just pulsing. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think when we're talking about like, you know, who do you blame here? There's a lot of stuff you can do to mitigate your bad rolls. So you're not blaming your dice so much. If you find yourself blaming your dice a lot, it 
you know, Kevin is a good example. No, he blames his dice a lot, but it's mostly joking. But if you find yourself seriously blaming your dice a lot, you might want to relook at your team and say, why? Oh, yeah. How come I can't use these roles? A good, a good player is going to be able to make something out of almost any role. Yeah. Now I, that I know that on my hardcore, like full-on bolt ring teams, uh, I, I need bolts. Yeah. If you don't, and roll sometimes bolts, I don't roll then... bolts, and then it's well, the rolls did it to me. Yeah. Because I built a certain way that I needed bolts. Yeah. But if you, I mean, if you're running into that problem, then maybe you need another character on your team that's a different energy type maybe you need an energy fixer maybe you need something to mitigate the chances that being said you're you're going to have a bad role every once in a while you're going to have a role that is completely useless that you cannot use turn one when you get your three dice that's when i find it most frequently happens to me yeah you got to plan for turn one um but three sidekicks turn one three sidekicks. Yeah, that's awesome a, yep just feel i, I just, just feel, feel them at that feel point them. yeah yep. definitely <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, realize the chance is a big part of this game, and nothing's gonna yeah. and that, completely yeah. make and that, that. If that, you've that, actually that. mastered the dice, then you're not you're playing a whole different game than yeah. dice mastering. If, if you have transcended above <laughs> us, yeah. If you have Jedi powers, can you can you please teach me? Yeah. I want to know the ways. Yeah. But this, I, I know that as, what I as like far about as the game though is that kind of chance. If I do a full team, and a lot of people worry about the rolls and the energy fixing and all that, well, if I'm using four cards on my team to make sure I roll what I want, well, I feel like I've taken away a lot of what I possibly could yeah. do to have fun. One of my favorite mechanics in games is making the most out of what you've been dealt. And that is what this game mm -hmm. is all yep. about, is making the most oh, out yeah. of what you've been dealt. I think that's why this game appeals to me so much is because every turn it's like, okay, this is what I want. Yeah. You roll. I didn't get it. What can I do with this now? Yep. And Yeah, you don't have, you're yeah. not playing the same game every time you sit down, right? It's yeah, exactly. always a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, just figure out how to make your team a little better, and I think you'll see that your roles, your bad roles, get reduced a little bit. Yeah, I know that in the in the past few weeks, when I have a bad game, I've... Well, if I'm playing against Zach now, I just blame my draws. Just to get under <laughs> his skin. I blame... If I'm playing against Zach, it's always my draws. Everybody else, it may have been my roles, but against Zach, it was my draws. <laughs> I, every, whenever I play against Zach, like he'll be playing with some global, like a transfer power or something, rolls, it's like four shields. I'm like, oh, are you serious? He's like, I didn't want four shields. I only wanted one. I'm like, but you got the shield. I wanted you to not roll a shield, and you rolled yeah. four. Yeah, you, you wanted one. You got four. I wanted you to have zero, and you got four. Yeah. I feel like you're a little closer to hitting your mark than I was. You no, know, he's going to listen to this, and he's going to know all our secrets that we use to get under skin. we got to keep them. Yeah, we've got to keep a nobody, couple. Nobody Nobody tell Zach. But yeah, and I, I always like to remind people: it is a game, and at the end of the day, if you're having fun, you've fulfilled the purpose of it yeah. is to play the game. And and if you're not having fun, reevaluate: like, why are you showing up? Why yeah. are you there? You know, and, and especially if you're impacting the fun that other people are having, like the. The only thing worse than than showing up and causing a bad day for yourself is showing up with your bad day and inflicting it upon the other people there. Yeah. No one no one deserves to have your bad day just because you've had a bad run. That being uh, another thing too is every single Dice Masters event is set up like a tournament, which means one person is going to win. So just know that you're not going to win the vast majority of the events. Get first place in the vast majority of the events you go play in. So it's okay. You know, just test yourself. See how good you can do. When you bring a team, say, can I get first with this? No. Can I get second or third? That's a good team. You know, maybe I want to work with that a little bit, make it better. And if you don't win, did the combo work? 
<laughs> yeah, that the combo. That's, the combo that's worked. Not, you would have won. That's, not, not that's also a, like a kind of a good way to look at it. I mean, like if you are, you know, if you're not playing for big prizes and you're you're playing uh, a less competitive team, were you able to do something, or did you take something away that you can make your team progress? Did your combo work? Did your combo not work? Did you see a gaping flaw in in your team? Is there something that you can take away from a loss? that you know regardless of the blame is there something that that you can take from it that is a positive thing yeah, yeah. i think that i think i feel like if if you if you if you find ways to stay positive it's going to really help the community i feel like the dice masters community is already really positive for the most part except for us except us <laughs> <laughs> and i i think we want to keep that around as the game grows you know we're going to attract more people and we want it to stay positive and i think that's a good way to go you know yep. and sometimes if you're like so you know maybe you just need somebody to talk to and guess what we here at the double horse we love talking about dice masters but we love talking to people about dice masters too so um, if you know, maybe you're in that rut and you just need somebody to talk to, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or, le- or leave us a Facebook message or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Gentlemen, I always love talking about these things. Um, and if you ever wonder, yes, this is what we talk about all the time and in different ways, except... Once we're done on here, yeah. we're going to talk about it some more yeah. off, off air. So. Yeah. yeah, we'll probably go hang out in the parking lot and talk about yeah. Dice Masters yeah. for 20, 30 maybe, minutes. Maybe one day, one day they'll get the director's cut of these segments. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of the Double Verse podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. Have you guys ever been on the verge of using that rare cyborg? Or did we miss something when we were covering our ring teams? Let us know. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Of course, check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe, and if you haven't checked out the new Defenders pack, go check out our release video that we did a couple weeks ago. Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. If you guys live in Utah, make sure you check them out. If not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. And of course, Thanks to everybody who listens, everybody on the team. We all love you. Until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Thank you.